0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. It's Monday, August 8th, and I'm Laura Ziegler filling in for Nomin Ujia-Dean. Coming up, the University of Kansas suspended a third fraternity this year for hazing offenses. Earlier this week on Up to Date, Steve Kraske talked with Matthew Petillo, news editor of the University Daily Kansan, and Sarah Brown, news editor with the Chronicle of Higher Education. They talked about the frat house involved, the push to abolish Greek life on college campuses, and student perspectives on what to do, reform or abolish frats entirely. But first, some headlines. The United States has declared monkeypox a public health emergency. As of Friday, there were 14 cases in Kansas and Missouri, one case in Kansas, and 13 cases in Missouri. Physician Dana Hawkinson, infectious disease expert at the University of Kansas Health System, says most infections are being seen in men who have sex with men, but widespread public education, he says, is needed.
0: It doesn't stick to demographics. It doesn't,
1: the viruses, the infections don't care who you are. We know that other people can be in, uh, infected. The virus spreads primarily through close physical contact, like sex, hugging, and kissing. It does not spread as easily as COVID. The U.S. has identified more than 7,000 cases nationwide. Federal health officials suggest limiting your number of sex partners. Most students in Kansas won't be required to wear masks or be tested regularly for COVID when they return to school this month. Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service has that story for us. Kansas districts are waiting on updated guidance from the federal government on curbing the spread of COVID-19. But most have already loosened rules that were put in place early in the pandemic. Officials for the state's largest district in Wichita say students or employees who test positive for COVID should isolate at home for at least five days or until their symptoms resolve, but they won't have to test negative to return to school. Kansas districts no longer notify people who have been exposed to the virus. The CDC is emphasizing the importance of building ventilation to stop the spread of COVID. One of the owners of an auto shop in Kansas City has been charged with buying stolen catalytic converters. KCUR Sam Zeff has that story. 29-year-old Jonathan Hackney, part owner of Marvin's Automotive on Manchester Trafficway, has been charged with receiving stolen property. Court documents say Hackney and his brother bought catalytic converters without properly documenting the transaction. After conducting surveillance for several days, police say they checked records at the shop and found many inconsistencies, including one where a white man used the idea of a black woman to sell a catalytic converter. The National Insurance Crime Bureau says converter thefts in the U.S. increased more than 1,000 percent between 2018 and 2020. For the third time this year, the University of Kansas has suspended a fraternity for hazing offenses. What does that mean for the future of Greek life on the KU campus and nationwide? Steve Kraske spoke with Matthew Patio, news editor of the University Daily Kansan, and Sarah Brown, news editor of the Chronicle of Higher Education on UpToDate.
0: Matthew, let me start with you. What's the situation at KU as, uh, as you look at what happened to this uh, frat this summer?
2: This is the third frat to be suspended this calendar year. Sigma Chi uh, was suspended uh, for what we what we were told was hazing and lying to the national organization. We were told in a statement that the national organization was the one to pull their charter, which is different than most suspensions because KU is usually the one to say that they need to leave campus. So I that maybe tells us that there's perhaps some sort of increased want from the fraternities, the national organizations, to also keep their local um, fraternities accountable. You're saying the the national
0: fraternity actually stepped in in this situation and said, you're done at KU.
2: Yes. We believe they'll be back in four years, but the national organization has come out in a statement and said there is currently no timeline to returning for campus.
0: How severe was the hazing that's been alleged at Sigma Chi, Matthew? As it turns out, we actually don't know.
2: No, KU has not released any sort of report or any sort of statement about the specific allegations of hazing. The Kansan has filed a core request for the investigation in that matter, but we mm-hmm. haven't received it and we don't expect it for a while.
0: But certainly the notion that hazing has been an issue at frats at KU, this is nothing new. This goes back a number of years, right?
2: Oh, Lord, no. Um, this is the fifth one to be that's currently on suspension. All five of them uh, were for hazing. It, it was all pretty severe hazing. Mm-hmm. So
0: so Sigma Chi has been suspended for four years, as you just said. What does that mean in reality? How How do these suspensions wind up working? So generally what happens is the house is shut down and members of the
2: house are put on something uh, what statement Kai is referring to in this matter as suspended active status. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that they're still considered a member of the uh, fraternity, the national organization, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they can put it on their resume that they were part of the organization. They have access to the alumni networks. They just can't participate in any local fraternity. Activity,
0: You know, Matthew, I know it's summertime and there aren't lots of students uh, around KU. In fact, I was just over in Lawrence uh, a couple weekends ago and up on campus. It was pretty quiet. But what has been the student reaction to these allegations of hazing and sexual assault?
2: There's been very strong reactions from everybody. Uh, you'd have to go back to September of 2021 to look for reactions of, of sexual assault, and that would be with the protests of, of phi capacy. Those protests were some of the biggest protests that KU has seen in quite a few years, and there's certainly appetite, both inside and outside of Greek life, for reform, although I would not go far, as far to say that they're advocating for abolition of Greek
0: life. What's stopping them from going all the way and saying these frats shouldn't be allowed to operate on campus any longer?
2: Well, uh, for one, there's still a lot of students at KU who are part of Greek life. 21% of students at KU, uh, according to the Interfraternity Council, are members of wow. either a fraternity or a sorority. So, so
0: one, one more than one of every five, then. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of students at KU. So... There certainly
2: isn't a lot of people who are coming out and saying we need to abolish Greek life. Plus, there's no appetite at the KU administration for getting rid of Greek life despite all these problems because it's a big source of revenue for the
0: administration. And it's a source Um, of revenue just because of the number of students who are connected with uh, fraternities on campus and sororities?
2: Well, it's the number of students and it's the culture. Um, they're one of the biggest supporters of the basketball team mm. uh, in sports. Mm-hmm. And they buy KU merch and they participate in all these activities on c- campus. There's frankly no way they're going to get rid of them while it's such a big um, moneymaker for them.
0: But again, the, as a, in terms of the bottom line here, students are pushing for reform of the system as opposed to outright abolition of the system.
2: That is correct, yes. Yeah,
0: and what does reform of the system look like to these students?
2: Well, there's not exactly one clear picture. Mm -hmm. The big thing that I've been hearing from uh, students is increased accountability because there's currently not a whole lot of transparency with the grievance system. When somebody files a grievance, a lot of it's kept confidential, not made a lot to the public. And Mm -hmm. often when these allegations become public and a fraternity is suspended, uh news organizations like myself have to fight to get the reports Mm -hmm. of what actually happened which is what we're doing right now anybody can get it you just have to wait the like three weeks that the open records office is going to take and the 150 bucks you have to pay
0: I'm going to turn now to Sarah Brown, the news editor of the Chronicle of Higher Education, to get her perspective on all this. And can you give me some background on the issues with frats across the country? I mean, it seems like a lot of people don't like them these days. When did this open public dislike begin to ferment out there? What are you seeing?
3: Criticism of fraternities and concern about fraternity misconduct is nothing new, right? Um, You know, my impression, having reported on Greek life for a number of years— Is that attention on fraternities and on fraternity misconduct tends to be quite cyclical so you might have a series of you know horrible events that take place over the course of a certain year there's a lot of outrage the university will condemn the act and say you know we are going to take this seriously and we are going to hold the fraternity accountable Um, and there might be a task force there might be proposed reforms and then the issue kind of trickles out of the consciousness of the campus and mm-hmm. of, the, of, of the sort of national, uh, national attention on higher ed. And so, you know, issues of sexual assault, hazing, racism, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, these are all things that we've been seeing connected with fraternities for a number of years. I think over the last couple of years, we've seen uh, a little bit more, I would say, concern about fraternities and fraternity misconduct. I've certainly seen more student protests of fraternity misconduct than I've seen in my decade or so following oh. these issues. So really over the last couple of years has been uh, this this kind of sentiment has really grown.
0: Yeah. What's been the impact of that kind of student protest, that kind of outrage directed at administrations? I mean, Matthew Patillo, again, the news editor of the University of Daily Daly Kansan, saying how integral uh, the Greek life is at KU. More than one in, of every five students is connected to Greek, Greek life at KU. And that's a sizable portion of your student population, obviously. Hard to get abolish something like that going forward.
3: Exactly. So at certain institutions, Greek life is a really important part of the campus. And fraternities in particular, you know, sororities generally are a little bit newer. Fraternities have been around for more than 100 years in some cases. Mm-hmm. They have really strong ties to the campus. Um, not only, you know, Matthew was talking about how Um, Students who are part of Greek life tend to be really involved. Alumni of fraternities tend to be really closely involved with their institutions. They tend to be major donors. They are really part of the fabric of the campus at a lot of institutions. And I think, you know, at places like the University of Kansas, the fraternities really do run a sizable portion of the campus social scene.
0: Right. And
3: that's not something that a lot of students want to give up.
0: Do universities or police departments on campus go after individual perpetrators as opposed to uh, the entire organization itself?
3: Sometimes, but jail time is not common for students who are involved in these really serious hazing incidents. And it also depends on the state, right? So uh, a number of states have taken action to strengthen uh, their hazing, anti-hazing laws. And so... There are states that have made it a, a felony to to commit, to willfully commit hazing, um, and you know they, these laws have often cropped up in response to students who have died in in hazing incidents. And those laws have been strengthened in some states, but not in all states. And it's really uncommon for students to face criminal convictions and jail time. I think there's generally a um, feeling that students are they're going to make mistakes they shouldn't be thrown in jail but if really serious consequences result maybe jail time is something that should be looked at i think a number of people are sort of wondering would that kind of accountability discourage bad behavior accountability should be increased right. for fraternities but what does that look like what that does it feels look like, like right such an important thing, such an important point to me. And I think, is it criminal convictions? Is it administrators taking a more active role in regulating fraternities? Is it students taking a more active role in regulating fraternity misconduct? These are all questions that universities are considering and we don't all have the answers yet.
1: That was KCUR's Steve Kraske interviewing editors Matthew Petillo of the University Daily Kansan and Sarah Brown of the Chronicle of Higher Education. For the full conversation, listen to Up to Date wherever you get your podcasts. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Laura Ziegler filling in for Nomeen Ujiadine. dean This podcast was produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Gabe Rosenberg and Lisa Rodriguez. You can find more Kansas City news at KCUR.org. And if you like Kansas City Today, please give us a review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening and come back
0: tomorrow. Kansas City today keeps you on top of what's going on across the metro and region every weekday. The daily podcast often uses voices from KCUR's daily talk show, Up to Date, with me, Steve Kraske, as your host. To hear some of these conversations in full, subscribe to the Up to Date podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.